If you have your Bibles here tonight, turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16 tonight. We'll try to finish the message that we began this morning. We titled it, Who is Jesus? And uh, we began to speak on verse 13 and down to verse uh, 18. So if you would, in honor of God's word here tonight, let's stand to our feet. We'll begin reading in verse 13 and we'll go down again to verse 18. And uh, just want to continue the thought on who Jesus. Last Sunday we preached on God. And this Sunday we want to preach on Jesus. And so we're asking the Lord, what else do you want us to preach next Sunday? And uh, we pray the Lord to give that to us as well. Here in verse 13 it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and are one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for, bless, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, again, we're asking for the help of the Lord. We're asking for the power that comes from above. We pray, Lord, that you'd guard our lips and our mind. I pray you control every thought. Pray everything will be said and done according to thy word and thy will. God, we do pray for wisdom tonight. Pray for knowledge. God, for these things of God. We pray, Lord, you'd help us to preach in power and, in, dear God, in, in affection and love tonight. God, I ask you now, Lord, to open our eyes, our hearts, that we may see who Jesus is tonight. And, Lord, I pray, Father, that it will be a help to us in the days ahead, God, just to understand who he is. And I pray, Lord, anybody unsaved, God, without Christ as their Lord and Savior tonight, God, may they be saved. Tonight may be the day of salvation for them. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we began this morning with the very thought tonight is the sinner. As we find the question was asked of his disciples. And we find that in verse 13. He says, who do men say? So Jesus is asking his disciples, what are men saying? What is the world saying? What does the world say about me, the Son of Man? And we're not going to re-preach that tonight, but the world said, the sinner said, that the Son of Man, he was maybe John the Baptist, or maybe he was Elias or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so we come to the next point, was not only what the sinner's uh, answer is of the Son of Man, but then we came to what the saved answer is of the Son of Man. We kind of stop right there, but that's in verse 15. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And tonight we want to continue with that thought. And, and so we find a very much different response. We find in verse 14 it was about men, about sinners, about servants, about prophets. It's about what only that what man can know, the ability of man and the mind of man. You see, sinners can only go so far in the mind of who Jesus the Son of Man is. 
Uh, sinners has a limitation in their hearts and, and really uh, grasping who the Son of Man is. And we find tonight when Jesus will ask the disciples, Peter answered, and then Jesus said in verse 17, he said, the only way that you can know that Jesus, uh, the Son of Man, He is the Christ and He is the Son of the living God is because the Father has revealed it. You see, tonight, no one in a lost condition and no one in a sinful condition tonight can ever, ever know that Jesus is Christ and Jesus is the Son of the living God unless the Father reveals it. That word reveal means uncovers. And so we find that in the heart of Peter, in the heart of those that were there that believed what Peter believed, it was because someday, one day, uh, back before uh, that God the Father has opened or uncovered the truth, the truth about the Son of Man, that He was the Christ and He was the Son of the living God. And we talked about that here this, this morning. We talked about the flesh is covered. Uh, we talk about how the sinner has always had their ears uh, deaf and their eyes blind and their heart being ignorant. Always through the scripture you'll find that's being spoken of, spoken of, spoken of. But when the Father uncovers it, He will uncover it through the hearing of the Word of God. He'll uncover it when you put your trust in the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And He'll uncover it when you're born again by the Spirit of God. And you'll find that there a light will come on. There will be an enlightenment within you. There will be an understanding. Uh, there will be a wisdom and a knowledge uh, that goes beyond your own comprehension. It will go beyond your own abilities. It will go beyond your own uh, a thought tonight that the Father will open it up to you to say to you that Jesus is not just a man, a good preacher, a good teacher. He was a miracle worker. He was one that was kind and loving and compassionate. He was a man that 100% man had all the attributes of man, but no, the Son of Man was Christ. The Son of Man was the Son of the living God. And only the Father can reveal that to us tonight. We found that to be true uh, this morning. I want you to know, secondly, that not only the Father in convincing of the Son of Man, but I want you to notice the saved confession of the Son of Man. I notice that uh, Simon Peter, he makes a confession. Uh, Jesus asks the question, who do you say that I am? And he confesses. And tonight we find once you get convinced of the Father, who Jesus is, you'll make a confession of the Father. You won't be embarrassed with him. You won't be ashamed of him. Uh, you'll confess him before men so that one day the Father of Jesus will confess you before his Father. Amen. And we find a confession is made with Peter. And I notice the confession that he makes is this tonight, that Jesus is, who is the Son of Man, is the Savior. Because he says there in verse 16, he said, Thou art the Christ. Now who is the Christ tonight? The Christ tonight is the Savior. He's the Savior of the world. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, in John chapter 4 and verse 42, I'll read it to you tonight. And said the woman now, we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know this indeed, the Christ, the Christ the Savior of the world. 
So the Bible itself is giving us a definition of who Christ is tonight, and Christ is the Savior of the world. And friend, only the Father can convince you of that, and when he convinces you of that, then you will confess it and confess that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Amen? He's the one that saved the soul. He's the one that forgives the sin. He's the one that pardons us from iniquity. He's the one that purges us from wickedness tonight. Oh, it's him tonight, the Savior of the world. And so we find the confession of Christ. We see in in Acts chapter 5 and verse 31, the Bible says, God hath exalted him with his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sin. Who does that tonight? Christ does that. Christ gives you repentance. Christ brings forgiveness of sin. Christ is the Savior tonight. We find in Acts 13, 23, of this man's seed hath God according to his promise raised up unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Amen. And so we have the scripture tonight interpreting the scripture and telling us that Christ is the Savior of the world. Here we find tonight in 1 John 4, 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, the forgiver of our sin, the redeemer of our soul, the reviver of our spirit tonight. That's who Jesus is tonight. He's the Christ tonight. Have you confessed him tonight? Have you confessed him to man? Have you confessed him tonight to the devil? Have you confessed him to your friends that Jesus Christ tonight is is the Savior of the world? Amen. And so we're making confession here. Woo! Do you say that I am? Jesus asked. And my question to you tonight is this. If Jesus would ask you, whom say ye that I am? And tonight, if the Father has brought you to the place of a convincing and a persuasion, if God, the Father has brought you to the place of faith unto Jesus tonight, you would say with boldness, you'd say with confidence, you'd say with assurance tonight, you'd say without a doubt tonight that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Not backing up not backing down, not laying over tonight, standing up with our heads up tonight and our shoulders straight forth tonight with our our mouth, with our speaking going forth and with the boldness like a lion tonight and tell the world and hell itself tonight, Christ is the Savior. He saved me from my sin. And tonight that's exactly uh, what the confession was all about. Jesus is my Savior tonight. Is he your Savior tonight? Uh, Jesus is the one I received. I received as Savior. I believe him as Savior. I trust him as Savior. I know him as Savior tonight. I can say with all my heart, and can you say tonight with all your heart, when Jesus comes to you and says, whom do you say that I am? You'll say, you're the Christ, the Savior of the world, and you're my Savior. For I believe in you, Lord. And tonight, secondly, I notice that not only we see tonight in the way of, of confession that Jesus is the Son of Man, is the Savior, but I notice in verse 16 that Jesus, Son of Man, is Lord. We find that the Son of the living God is Lord tonight. That's what he's speaking of. I tell you, in Matthew chapter 28, in verse 5 and 6, listen to what he says. 
This is a great story if you remember when Jesus was, was buried and, and here we come at the tomb. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, uh, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus. Y'all remember that story? Which was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. He said to come and, and he, as he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. The angel from heaven said, hey, listen, woman, I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus. Come over here. Let me show you where the Lord lay. Oh, tonight, if Jesus would ask you, whom do you say that I am? You'll say, I say you're the Savior of the world, but you're also the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Oh, the confession tonight. We see tonight in Mark chapter 1, in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger. Behold, thy face which shall prepare the way before the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Make his path straight. Who are they talking about? Talking about the Son of God. Talking about Jesus Christ. He said, they're in Malachi. He said, listen, I'm going to prepare the way of the Lord. Oh, confession tonight that Jesus, the Son of Man, is the Lord. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. How bet Jesus is the subject. Suffer him not, but saith unto him, Go home, thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for them and hath had compassion on thee. What happens in Mark chapter 5? Well, it's there in the, the maniac from Gadara. You remember those guys playing out in the tombs and hanging around out in the mountains and cutting themselves up and couldn't keep chains on them? They couldn't be, they couldn't be biding up. They were crazy. Well, I tell you, Jesus come by that day and saved them. And after he got saved, Fred, he put his clothes on. He was in his right mind. He was falling down at the feet of Jesus and worshiping him. He wanted to hang around with Jesus a little while. Jesus said, oh, no, sir, you go back home. And Jesus told him, go back home and tell your friends and tell your family what the Lord had did. <laughs> Woo! Man, I'm glad tonight I'm able to confess. Whom you say that I am, I say you're the Christ, the Savior of the world. What else do you know? Oh, I say to you, you're the son of the living God. You're the Lord. Uh, Jesus, when I got saved and when I got born again, the Jesus that of the Son of Man became my Lord. I believed him as my Lord. I received him as my Lord. I have known him as my Lord. I trust him as my Lord. Thou art the son of the living God. You're my Lord tonight. That's what the saved answer would be toward the question, whom do you think, who do you say that I am? I want you to know it's number three tonight. The scriptures declare Jesus, the Son of Man, is Lord and Savior. Not only tonight would you confess that Jesus is Christ, the Savior of the world, but you'll confess that Jesus, the Son of Man, is the Lord, the God of the, of the living, or the Son of the living God. But the Scriptures will testify and the Scriptures will declare that Jesus Christ, when He was born, 
Listen to this. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who? A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. I mean, within one breath, in one verse, who was born in the city of David? It was Christ. Who in the world is he? He's the Lord. Oh, yeah. He's the Savior. We find the Bible declaring again and uh, that he was born Lord and Savior. The Son of Man was crucified, both Lord and Savior. Listen to what he said. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. I know some of y'all ain't excited like I am tonight. That's okay. I hope before you die, you get excited. That tonight you can know and say and confess tonight that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Savior tonight. That's who the Son of Man is. We find thirdly, not only is he born Lord and Savior, he was crucified both Lord and Savior. He's coming back as Lord and Savior. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming back as the Lord and Savior. We find He is our hope as the Lord and Savior. First Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He's our hope. We find tonight the everlasting kingdom that we will enter into is into the, the kingdom of the Lord and Savior. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 11. So, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Then I say to you tonight, if you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your personal Savior tonight, then you'll find you're unsaved. And only the Father could reveal it. Have you been saved tonight? We find lastly tonight, the glory is for the Lord and Savior. 2 Peter 3, 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ to Him be glory and forever and forever. Amen. So tonight we come to the conclusion that the saved answer of the Son of Man. We see it so clearly. Only the Father tonight can uncover this. Is this your confession? That Jesus has forgiven you of your sins? That's the Savior. That Jesus tonight is the controller and the reigner and the ruler of your life. That's the Lord. I pray that's so tonight. Here thirdly tonight, really where I wanted to be at, I want you to notice tonight not only the sinner's answer of the Son of Man, not only the saved answer of the Son of Man, but I want you to notice the Savior's answer of the Son of Man. He says there in this verse 18, he says, I say also unto thee, you know, he already asked them what they say. What does men say? And then he asked them, what do you say? And now in verse 18, he says, I got something to say. Amen. Tell us on, Jesus, what you got. We find tonight, he says, number one, I notice, he says, notice the blessed. 
For he says in verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon uh, Barjona. Now, he says to Simon Barjona, he says in verse 18, uh, thou, thou art Peter. Now, Peter tonight, if you look it up, his name would mean a piece of the rock. A piece of the rock. He's not the first pope, so don't be a dope and believe that. There's no hope with that tonight. With the pope that has full of dope. I mean, maybe, maybe not say that like that. Notice the blessed. He said, Simon, you're blessed. You, you know why that he would say to Simon Peter well, uh, that you're blessed? I'll tell you why tonight. The number one, because you have the truth, Simon Peter. I mean, you know that Jesus is Lord. You know that Jesus is Savior. Blessed is you. And tonight, if you're saved and born again, and tonight Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, is the Savior of your life, and He's the Lord of your life tonight, God will say to you, you're blessed as well, amen, that you have the truth. Number two, not only do you have the truth, that's why you're blessed, but you have a testimony. Peter, your testimony is this, is that Jesus Christ is my personal Lord, that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. That's a testimony, amen. And if you're saved in this room or saved all over this world, that will be your testimony. You tell me about Jesus tonight, the Son of Man, I'll tell you he's the Christ, he's the Son of the living God, he's the Savior of the world, and he's the Lord of all. Amen. That's a testimony tonight. That's why you're blessed. He says you're blessed tonight because you have the truth and a testimony, but you have the trust Simon Peter, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You received the Lord Jesus Christ. You were conceived in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Peter, you're not the rock, but you're the piece of the rock. <laughs> oh, Peter, you put your trust and faith in the rock, and now that made you a piece of the rock. And tonight we find tonight that you and I can just know, be assuredly of tonight, that as the scriptures have said, and as Jesus now is saying, Blessed be thou, Barnish by Jonah, tonight I say unto thee, it's because you are the piece of the rock. You got some of the rock in you, amen. You are part of the rock because you believe Jesus is Savior. You believe Jesus is Lord tonight. You believe he's the Son of Man tonight. And friend, that makes you Peter. Tonight, all of us tonight that are born again is a piece of the rock. Blessed, blessed, blessed are you. What makes you happy tonight is that you're a piece of the rock. Oh, God, what helps us tonight to know uh, that we, uh, friend, tonight that we can find joy and we can find uh, the Lord tonight and have peace with him tonight because we're the peace of the rock. Hey, if you have your Bibles, now keep your hand in Matthew. Turn to First Peter with me tonight and look in chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, we kind of get the same thought here, but I want to bring it out to you here quickly and we'll move on. First Peter chapter 2, look around verse 4. Says to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones, see that's that piece of the stone, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a cheap cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, O Whitney. 
but unto them which be disobedient. That's those unsaved. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them that stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto they also were appointed. Oh, can I say tonight, we have lively stones, and, and that's why tonight that Jesus could look at Peter and say to him, Peter, blessed is you. Amen. Blessed is Peter. I'd say tonight that Jesus says something of the Son of Man. He would say this tonight. He would say, you're blessed, Peter, because you're a piece of the rock. Number two, I want you to notice tonight the base. Notice the base or the foundation that Jesus tonight is saying of the Son of Man. He says there in that verse 18, he says, Upon this rock, this rock tonight is the Lord. This rock tonight is the Savior. This rock tonight is the Son of Man. And Jesus is saying to to. Peter, he says, you're a piece of this rock because you have put your faith and trust and you have been conceived in this rock. You have now a piece of the rock and so that's why you're blessed. But I'm letting you know the very base and the foundation of about where I'm going to build my church tonight is upon this rock. Not you, Peter. Now, you got a little bit of it, but you ain't got all of it. I got all of it. And so it's going to be built upon the rock, which is the Savior and the Lord and the Son of Man. And tonight, it's so vital that you would believe and trust tonight that Jesus is the Savior of the world and that Jesus is the Lord. But not only that, but Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ tonight is the foundation that he builds upon with his church tonight. So we find thirdly tonight, I want you to notice not only the base and notice tonight the blessed, but I want you to notice the build. The build. He says in verse 18, I will build my church. I will build my church. I mean, do y'all see any kind of hesitancy there? Do y'all see any kind of doubt there? Do y'all see any kind of like fear that might, this might not happen? I mean, you know, all of us tonight, we say, well, we're going to have a big old house on the hill. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to make this. We're going to do that. We're going to have this. And we say all these things tonight, and that's okay tonight in the way of saying or vision or dream tonight. Oh, but when Jesus says, I will build my church tonight, I don't see any at all of him kind of saying it might happen, it should happen, it could happen, I hope it happens tonight. Oh no, it's going to happen, amen. I will build my, this is what the Son of Man is saying of the Son of Man. I will build my church. Number one, concerning the building tonight, uh, he said, I am the architect. He says, I will. I will plan it I will design it, I will, I will supervise it, and I will approve it, and I will uh, inspect it, amen? And I'm the one that will do that. I'm the architect. There's no other one tonight that's the architect of the church tonight. There's not a pastor, there's not a person, uh, there's not a business, uh, there's not anyone and everyone tonight that can build the church. You can't build the church. I can't build the church. There's only one architect of the church tonight. He said, I will build the church. What are you going to build it on? I'm going to build it on the Lord, on the Savior, on the Son of Man. That's who I'm going to build it on, on the rock tonight. I'm the architect. I do all of it. 
Every single thing that it's going to be, I done that, got it all lined out. I'm the supervisor, I'm the planner, I'm the designer, and I'm the one tonight that will prove it, okay? Number two, he said, I am the assembler. He said, I will, that's the architect, build, that's the assembler. What does that mean? Well, he'll be the one that will create the materials to build the church. That's what he is. He said, whatever my church is going to be built out of, I'm going to create them. Created in Christ Jesus. Yes. Under good works. Amen. Created into true holiness. Yes. And godliness. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the materials that Jesus is going to use in order to build his church tonight as an architect is the one who's going to be a assembler of taking those that have been created by him and assembling them together. Right. I notice number two. I notice that he already created the material, but I notice that he's going to construct the material. He's going to put the material in the way that it needs to be set. He needs to construct it. He's going to be the one out there, the only mechanic, the only construction man, the only one out there tonight as the church is being built. As you look at a construction site, you'll see all kinds of people out there. Amen? You'll see a guy running some concrete. You'll see a plumber putting in the pipe. You'll see an electrician out there running the lines. You'll see an air conditioning guy out there putting and setting up the air conditions. You'll see the sheetrock guy out there running sheetrock. You'll see a another guy putting down ceiling. You'll see another guy putting on the brick on the outside. You'll see another one fixing up anything on the inside, interior. you got about 20 or 30 different skilled positions and people out there that's going to build this building. But Jesus said, I'm the architect, but I'm the assembler of it. Amen. I'm the one tonight that will create the materials, but I'm the one that will construct it. I will build upon how I want to build upon. I will take what I want to take. I put where I want to put, and I'll take that one that I created and put them over here in Stafford. I put them over here in Houston. I put them over here in Russia. I put them over here in India. I'm in charge. Amen. It's my house. It's my church. I will construct it. He said, I'll build. I know it's number three. Not only will he create the material, construct the material, but he'll connect the material. He'll bring the connections to everybody. You know, tonight as you have a piece of wood, you're going to have a nail and hit that nail, hold that wood up. Or tonight, if you got these metal studs like this, tonight you got a screw gun and you got a screw at the end of that thing and put that screw in there and holds that sheetrock up on that metal. Amen. You've got other ways of taking this floor on the ground here and using that, uh, uh, that kind of glue or adhesive tonight. And so we got different ways of connecting tonight. He said, I'm the connector. I construct, I create, and I connect. Right. <laughs> I'm glad tonight I'm the church. Uh, fourthly, he says that he'll complete the materials. Whatever he starts, he'll finish. And whatever he saves, he fulfills. You say, well, I'm a construction site. Yeah, you are, but he'll finish. Amen. Oh, yeah, you say, is the church all built? Oh, no, it's still being built tonight. You and I are still here, but I'm going to tell you something tonight. He'll finish with us. Yes, he will. Well, the last day he wants to use us, the last day he'll construct us, the last day he says, okay, I'm complete with you, and you'll wake up and be in the arms of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo! That's right. <laughs> Man, why wouldn't you love Jesus tonight? I mean, why wouldn't you tonight confess him as Lord and as Savior? Why wouldn't you tonight?
Oh, we see he's the architect. We see that he's the assembler. And then I see that he's the authority. The Bible says, my church. He's not sharing. My church. Uh, That word church there means a called out of the world. And so, friend, that's what church means tonight. Ecclesia. It means you've been called out of the world tonight. And if you want to be a Christian and you want to be a church tonight and you want to be the body of Christ tonight, you've got to come out of the world. You ain't going to be part of the world and part of the church tonight. He's called you out of the world. That word there, a church, also means citizens of heaven. It also means tonight a company of Christians. It means tonight the assembly of his people tonight. And the Bible says, the son, the Jesus, the son of man says, I will build my church. M-Y. My church. That's what I do. I'm the authority of it. My church belongs to me. Isn't that good? His church don't belong to you. It don't belong to me. It belongs to him. He said, it belongs to me. Number two, it bears my name. My church bears my name. Number three, it beholds my glory. My church belongs to me. It bears my name. It beholds my glory. That's mine, amen. I possess it tonight. It's my church. And nobody else in the world has it tonight. It can't do whatever you want with it tonight. It's mine. I'm not going to share. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to let anybody do this, that, and the other tonight. Nobody in the church or out of the church will have anything to do with my church. It's either my way or the highway. It's my way or no way. Either you come to me the way I tell you to come to me or you don't come to me. Either you get in my church in the way of materials that I created so that I can connect, so that I can construct, so that I can complete. Or friend, uh, you are not what I am and you're not who I am and you're not what you need to be. What we find tonight, he said I'm the architect, the assembler, and the authority. I want you to know tonight that in this church that he's the authority I'm going to tell you tonight that pastors don't rule. The pastor is not the rule. Can I say this also? The deacons do not control. Can I say this? A made-up position called the trustees. They're so made up, they don't even, they're not even in the Bible. I mean, you can't say no more than that. If you're not in the Bible, you ain't got no authority. We find tonight that he says, it's my church. I am the authority. Pastors don't have no rule. Deacons don't have no control. Members don't have no reign. Nobody in this room right now tonight is in charge of this church. He's authority of it. We find the government don't regulate it. Get out of our business, Uncle Sam. We don't care about what you think or what you know. We don't care about what what you're going to do. Listen, friend, we're of another kingdom. We're not of your kingdom tonight, and the church tonight belongs to Jesus. And, friend, the government tonight has no regulation with it. The world don't empower it or have power over it tonight. Amen? I tell you tonight, the world, the government, the members, the pastor, the deacon, the trustee, or anyone else tonight is not the authority of the church. Jesus is. Isn't that good tonight? 
We're all on the same page. We're all on the same level field tonight. Nobody's above anybody else tonight. Nobody has a bigger say than anybody else says tonight. We're one in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm the head. I'm the preeminence. I'm the Lord. I'm the Savior. I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of God. I'm the true, living, only God tonight. It is my church and I take the authority of it. Amen. That's what he says in verse 18. Aren't you glad that the Son of Man had something to say? I am. We notice tonight, now you need to notice the, the blessed. Notice the base. Notice tonight the build. But I want you to notice the battle. Tonight the Bible says, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to notice number one tonight, the adversary of the church. The Bible says the gates of hell. Now, if we know anything about gates, we've been preaching on Wednesday nights about gates. They're in Nehemiah. Gates is a place where you enter in. Gates, friend, like the old gate is where the old, old men would sit around and, and they would answer the questions of the Bible, answer the questions of, of what the, what, who the Lord is. It's also a place where they made decisions and choices and where they made deals and done their business right there at the gate. The gates throughout the scripture you'll find has authority at the gates. It, it has some reason at the gates. It, it's where the, what happened in the city took place at the gate and whatever took place in the homes were considered at the gate. So he says the gates of hell tonight. Tonight we put that in perspective the adversary tonight of the gates of hell would be something like this tonight. It would be the Satan's snares. The Bible says tonight that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Satan's snares shall not prevail against it. Satan's schemes shall not prevail against it. Satan's strategies shall not prevail against it. Satan's strength shall not prevail against it. Satan's soldiers shall not uh, prevail against it tonight. All I'm saying tonight, the very trickery of the Satan, the very lies, uh, the very... uh, very, uh, the powers that he has, the influences that he gives, the victories that he shows, something like death tonight. Death is the last enemy, amen? And friend, many of people die tonight and we'll find that the devil find that his victory in death tonight and we see tonight that that death tonight will not prevail against uh, the gates of, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. How about deception tonight? How about tonight the very much of division? How about distractions? How about the delays? How about the distortions tonight? And Fred, these things are the gates of hell. And the Bible said, Jesus said, the Son of Man said that all that Satan can do and all that Satan has and all the power that he must have about him tonight and all of his trickery and all of his schemes and strategies and all of the distortions and divisions and all the deceptions that he brings upon us tonight. He does it at home. He does it at work. He does it at church. He does it when we're driving. He does it when we're listening. He does it with our eyes when we look upon. Hey, Fred, he's out there. He's about tonight, and he's trying to bring down the church of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. But just know this, in the battle you and I are in, that Jesus said, the very owner of the church tonight, said that the gates of hell, all of his things, all of his powers, all of his tricks tonight, shall not prevail against against the church tonight. So hold on in there. 
It might be a battle tonight. But just know if you stick with Jesus, you will not, will not be defeated. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail. So we see tonight the adversaries of the church. We see number two, the advantage of the church. The Bible says in that verse 18, not only the gates of hell, uh, that's the adversaries, but shall not. That's the advantage. Shall not. In other words, Jesus is aware of this enemy. Uh, Jesus tonight is allowing this enemy. Jesus tonight is answering the enemy. He says to the enemy, he says to the foe, the adversary of the church tonight, now, he's not going to be one tonight that has a horn and he's red and he's blowing smoke out of his mouth and he's got a long tail. That's not the adversary tonight. The adversary is the gates of hell. All of those schemes and all of those trickeries and all of those deceptions tonight, that's the gates of hell. He said, but shall not brings an advantage to the church tonight. That means our Lord tonight, he knows about this enemy. He knows all that he's going to do and try to do. Matter of fact, he allows it to happen. He's allowing it to do whatever it wants to do tonight. And it gives him a limitation. It gives him boundaries tonight. He can only go so far. And it can only go so far tonight. But I say to you that we have an advantage of being the church. Because he said, shall not. In other words, you cannot. You cannot prevail. Cannot. That's pretty good. I mean, if we're sitting here tonight wondering, is the world going to take up the church? Cannot. Do you think tonight that every church is going to be shut down? Shall not. Do you think tonight that we're going to get to a place where there ain't going to be anybody around here serving God? Shall not. Is there ever going to come a place where they're going to pull our Bibles and they're going to take our churches and we're not going to have any place to go and worship God and we're not going to be able to do this and that and the other and they're going to take out the love of Jesus in your heart and they're going to remove the faith and the receiving of Jesus in your soul tonight? I mean, there's going to come a place when you ain't going to be saved no more. Shall not. Amen. There's advantage of the church tonight. Yes. Shall not. Amen. You cannot. You will not. You shall not. You must not. It's a not to you, right. Satan. It's a not. So the advantage tonight is the church. Do you know any other organism, organism tonight in all the world tonight that the devil can't remove? Anybody know anything like that? He can remove Islam. He, he can remove, tonight he can remove Hindu, he can remove Buddha, he can remove Jehovah Witness, he can remove uh, Seventh-day Adventists, he can remove the Mormons, he can remove the Baptists, he can remove all these other denominations tonight. He can remove a lot of things tonight, but he'll never move the church. We got an advantage. He said, shall not. Oh, smutty face! Did you see that? I hate the devil. Don't you? I'm scared to say that. Well, I'm telling you tonight, you're amongst friends. Why don't you just go ahead and say it? I hate the devil. Y'all say it with me, amen, on three. One, two, three. I hate the devil. Amen, brother. I like that. Somebody said do it again. The advantage of the church tonight shall not.
the adversary of the church, the gates of hell. Thirdly, tonight, I want you to notice the authority of the church. He said, prevail against it. So he said, the gates of hell will never have victory. Will never have victory. There will be no victory with Satan over the church. There will never be any victory over the world. And there never has that victory over the flesh. The flesh will never prevail against the church. Satan will never prevail against the church. And the world will never prevail against the church. That word prevail means victory, overcome, defeat. Amen? Listen, I'm telling you tonight, the authority has said shall not prevail against the church tonight and you ought to hold your head up tonight and you ought to go about out of these doors in just a moment and you ought to be shouting tonight. You ought to have a pep in your step and a joy in your heart tonight. Smile on your face and let, to let Satan know that Jesus said who's always in charge and who's in charge in this that you shall not prevail against it. Amen. Woo! Man, I just become somebody. Man, whenever you can fight and win against the gates of hell, uh, you got somewhere, don't you? Listen, tonight, you can't, the church can't be stopped. Man, why don't you want to be the church tonight? Because you're going to fall flat on your face. Man, tonight, if I was in this room and I have never humbled myself and submitted myself to the grace of God, and never repented of my dirty, rotten, no good, low down sin. And I never confessed it before God. And I never put my faith and trust in the Lord and the Savior tonight. And asked Him to save my soul tonight. That I would be the church. Friend, I would do that. Because the church cannot be stopped. Did you know that? It cannot be stopped. It don't matter, friend, who's in charge. It don't matter who's president. It don't matter tonight who is where and what tonight. The church cannot be stopped. Number two, the church cannot be eliminated. Who's big enough tonight to eliminate the church? The church cannot tonight be changed. The true church will never be changed. You see us tonight. I believe you're the true church, those that are saved tonight. We're not going to change. I mean, Fred, it, it'll be, it, there, there'll be ice cubes down there in Hades before you change. Fred, listen, the true church tonight will never change. It will never be eliminated. It will never be stopped. It will never be overcome. It will never be destroyed. The church tonight, that's what the Son of Man says about the Son of Man. I say tonight, Glory, hallelujah. You say, well, how, how do you know all that? Well, let's just do a little Bible study real quickly tonight. I got about nine minutes. And we, I know we're supposed to stop at 7 o'clock, but we can't do that. I haven't done that in 27 years. I ain't starting now, you know. Will you go with me tonight through the Scripture? Let's just do Acts real quickly tonight concerning this thought about the church and... and uh, how he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look in Acts chapter 2 with me tonight. And we'll stay in Acts and make it pretty simple for you. I won't do like Brother Keith does. He's all over the Bible. There ain't no order at all when he gives us things. He, they're every which way. But tonight, look in Acts chapter 2 with me. And look in verse 36 tonight. 
Jesus has not died. Jesus has now been buried and Jesus resurrected and descended to heaven. Well, you think tonight that the gates of hell has said, I have, we have won. He's gone now. It's going about to be ending. It's through now. The church, you know, it's, he started and he had a good run, about 120 of them there in the upper room. He said, but you know, man, we got this. Out of all those three and a half years and all he had was 120 followers, we got them. The old devil said, and all the gates of hell, said, we got them, we prevailed them. He did say, you won't prevail it, but I'm going to tell you something. He, he's not here. Y'all see him? But here in Acts chapter 2, look what Peter said. Peter said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that, that God hath made that same Jesus, both whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. There's that Lord and Christ again. There's that Lord and Savior. Well, let's follow it. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And so let's look at this now. The devil, Satan, the world, and the flesh, they say, we got it. This thing called Christianity, this thing called church, smothered out. We done took him out. We done took Jesus out on the cross. He was buried. I saw him. He's no longer around here. Go look in the grave. He ain't there. But Peter said he's both Lord and Christ. Peter began to preach to them about Lord and Christ. They received his word about the Lord and Christ. 3,000 got saved. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? He's not even here. And 3,000 get saved. How do, you, how do you fool with that world? How do you handle that devil? How are you going to deal with that flesh? I mean, listen, Fred, you think you got him? You put him in the grave, you hung him on the cross? He's gone. 3,000 get saved. Because you're just preaching his name, preaching his word. He's Lord and he's Savior. I want you to look at this. The Bible says in verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. Who's that? 3,000 people plus 120. So 3,120 people are praising God having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And now we got a multitude of people being saved daily. Amen. What are you going to do with the church? Acts chapter 3, verse 1. The church was being persecuted. Now if the church is growing, the church is established we find now the church is growing. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together in the temple in the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom he lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them and enter to the temple. Who seeing Peter and John going about to the temple, and they asked alms. Peter fastening his eyes upon him, and John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Wow. Wow. What are we going to do about that? People are now raising up. People are now being healed by the Lord and Christ. Chapter 4. 
Bible says they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees and came up upon them being grieved that they taught the people, preached through the Jesus the resurrection from the dead and they laid their hands on them and put them in hold until the next day for it's now even time. How bet many of them which heard the word believed and the number of men was about 5,000. Now 5,000 get saved. Where are you at Satan? I thought you had them down. I thought you had it all under control, world, Romans, governors. I thought you took care of them, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes. I thought you had them taken care of, Sanhedrin. 5,000, 3,000, 8,000, a multitude each day getting saved. I mean, it's growing. Jesus is not even here now. He's here, but he ain't here. Church is being persecuted. Church is growing, established, crucified. But then the church is being furnished. Chapter 4, look at verse 23. Chapter 4, look at verse 23. It says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, the, they lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which thou hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is them is who in the mouth of the servant David has said why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ there you go those those words again of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together for what for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done and now Lord Behold their threatenings and grant thy servants that all thy boldness that may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness and a multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought the things which he possessed of his own, and they had all things in common. Man, listen, they're now furnished with prayer. God's shaking things up. Shall not be prevailed against. Look at this. The Holy Ghost of God in verse 31 has now been filled. So they're praying. The Holy Ghost of God's filling the church. And then we find the church now, verses 32 through 37. If you'd read that out, you'll find that now they got money. <laughs> what are you going to do when, Je- when Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it? Man, 8,000 been saved now and a multitude of others been saved daily. And now next thing you know, money, lands are being sold, possessions are given away. Friend, they got all kinds of stuff coming in. The prayer, the Holy Ghost of God. I mean, they're preaching, they're teaching. You can't stop the church. You got to be a fool tonight to not be part of the church. We find the church is furnished, but then we find the church is warned in chapter 5. And look in verse 40. He says to him that agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council. Uh, Now listen to this. They just got beaten up. This is the church. They got beaten up and they said this in verse 41. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 
And in daily in the temple, in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. What do you do with that? The gates of hell should not prevail against it. I mean, you can beat them up, you can whip them, you can throw them to the ground, you can imprison them, and they're going to be rejoicing that they suffer for Jesus. <laughs> and then they just keep on going house to house, preaching and teaching Jesus. And more people get saved. More lives get changed. You can't stop the church. You can't eliminate it. You can't. Uh, let me give you more. I'm about done. The church tonight was killed. Stephen chapter 7, verse 59. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So they stoned this man to death. But look at the last verse. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. What do you do with that? I mean, he, he's, telling, he's telling God, God, don't. Have mercy. Forgive them. How, how do you handle that if you're Satan? How do you handle that tonight if you're the world? And then he goes on and says, And when he had said this, he fell asleep, chapter 8, and Saul was consenting unto his death. At that time there was great persecution against the church. So we find the church is killed. We find the church in chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, that they were scattered abroad that they were there. Uh, he was bringing persecution against them. Acts chapter 9, Paul again in verses 1 through 2, Paul breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest, desired the letters of Damascus synagogue. He had found any this way, whether they were men or women, they might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Man, everything was being tried to just smother this church. The devil was all in his abilities and all of his soldiers was trying to get it out. The church was scattered now. Oh, we take Philip. He was preaching in chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. I don't have time tonight, but 5 through 8. And people in Samaria get saved. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? Now church is in Samaria. Oh, he preaches and God changes his direction, sends him over to Philip, the eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch. Remember that guy? He's on his chariot coming out of Jerusalem. He just wins him to God. And now all of Ethiopia, he goes back and he preaches the gospel to Ethiopians and they get saved. And then, next thing you know, in chapter, chapter 8, verse 40, the God done take him down to Astostas, and passing through, he preached in all cities till he came to Caesarea. He's still preaching the gospel, Philip is. And then we see that the church full and now gets saved. The most persecutor of the church named Saul in chapter 9 gets born again. He reaches the Gentiles while Peter is reaching the Jews. We find the church now is witnessing in Acts chapter 12. Witnessing Herod whenever he wanted the glory. Next thing you know, he became worms. What are you going to do with the church? How are you going to stop it? How are you going to eliminate it? How are you going to remove it, defeat it, or overcome it? You better get on its side. You better get in the church. You better be the church tonight. Because, friend, it will not be overtaken. The church tonight 
is sent out to the worldwide in Acts chapter 13. The Holy Ghost of God calls Paul and Barnabas and sends them out. And now churches all over the place is being started and established and folks are being saved and the great mission effort of chapter of one mission, two mission, three missions are going on. The church, the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6 tonight, the Bible says this, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither. Man, the world is now upside down. I, I don't know tonight if you're a sinner and what you say about the Son of Man, that he's just a good person or a good preacher and a good teacher. Or if you're saved tonight and what you say about the Son of Man, that He's the Christ and the Son of the living God. But tonight, what Jesus, the Son of Man, says about the Son of Man, that He is going to build His church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Tonight, if you're in this room and you're not the church, you're going down with hell. The only hope you have is to become part of the church tonight. You've got to get born again. I pray you'll do that. Listen, church, let's walk out of here in just a moment recognizing and knowing who our authority is. Knowing what Jesus had said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. We've got nothing to be fear of tonight. we got everything to be looking forward. We're, he's coming. And he's going to take his church. I pray you're ready. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I appreciate this message you've helped me with tonight. It's been so good to my heart. It's been refreshing to my soul. Sometimes, God, we get weary. Sometimes we wonder... Seems like the old enemy, the old world's getting the advantage. Sometimes it seems like we're, we're running second, running third. All oh, this message tonight, just let me remind myself that with Jesus, you're always number one. Always. You're a winner, you're an overcomer. We've got nothing tonight to hang our heads. We've got nothing tonight to be ashamed of. Let's just serve Jesus, the Lord and Savior. He wins. We win. Don't be discouraged and distraught tonight. Keep your eyes upon Him. Looking to the author and finisher of our faith and the race that is set before us. Yes. You sing, Brother George, if you need to come tonight, you come. You say, Brother, I'm not the church. I've not been saved. I'm outside. I'm actually the enemy and the adversary. I'm the one against the church because I'm not of the church. 
Won't you come tonight? Won't you come tonight and receive Jesus? Christians are praying. Christians are praying. Sinners are considering Jesus for their Savior. Jesus for their Savior. Oh, I got to get in. I got to get in the church. I believe and I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. You that are saved tonight, stand up, speak out, confess them. We win. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Anybody tonight need to come, do business with God, brag on his dear darling son a little while. Thank you for the church tonight. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Oh, my. Amen. Let's be dismissed. Brother Charles, would you dismiss us tonight, my brother?